Hello and welcome to another episode of the Troy Francis podcast. So it is Monday the 1st of June. Can you believe it? It's the 1st of June, guys. This is unbelievable. Uh, Amazing how quickly the year's gone. And yet, of course, at the same time, how incredibly slowly it feels like it's gone as well. It's uh, pretty odd the way that time has bent this year, what with the strange events that we are seeing unfolding around us. Of course, the pandemic, I suppose, being key in that in the last three months or so in the lockdown situation in many countries. And unfortunately, now we're seeing a lot of uh, unrest across the United States of America. So let's hope that that somehow begins to resolve itself and those tensions uh, begin to to fade um, in the near future. But not really here to talk about that today. Um, what I want to talk about instead is something that I tweeted about last week or the last couple of days, and it got quite a big number of impressions. So I thought I would um, come onto the podcast and talk about it. And that is the fact that you are on your own and why that is something actually that you should celebrate. You know, it's not necessarily something that you should get depressed about or down about or become nihilistic about. It's actually something that you can you can celebrate and you can lean into, if you like, as you as you go forward. But before that, just a couple of parish notices, just to say I've been back on the live streaming in the last week or so, and I've been doing a live stream during the week every day at uh, 11.30 a.m. EST, which, if you are in the UK, is 4.30 p.m. Now, of course, you can watch the playbacks later on, uh, because they stay up on the, the YouTube channel. Just going to take a drink now. Mm, delicious. But um, it's great if you can be there live, because what I'm really trying to do is to make them into Q&A. So if guys come along and you've got any questions about dating, dating dynamics, game, the dating marketplace, and all of that kind of stuff, then uh, come along and chuck the questions into the chat and we'll do our best to go into them as we go along. So I'm doing one again today later on at uh, 4.30 p.m. or 11.30 a.m. EST. And yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Beyond that, Renegade Dating Blueprint, the collection of 11 books, is still available. The link is below. You can get that for uh, $39, which is all good. And I'm doing something called Renegade Dating Domination, which is a collection of uh, previously published articles uh, from various sources that I'm putting together. And that is, I have to say, guys, that is a monster. There is so much material in this collection, which I'm going to be putting out very soon. So that is something to look forward to as well. Anyway, with all of that being said, really all I wanted to do was to go into a bit of a meditation on this idea that you are on your own. Now, the original tweet that I sent out, and this was on May the 26th, I said, you are on your own. Your government doesn't care about you. Your friends and girlfriend have their own agenda. Even your relations are at best tangentially interested in you. They have their own affairs. This should thrill you rather than depress you, though. So what was I getting at there and why is that important? Well, I think one of the things that has come out of recent events, if you think about the pandemic and you think about the response to that, the lockdown response to that, there is this sense that people expect to be looked after. We have become 
uh, a population. Um, I was going to say generation, but I, I think this is sort of multi-generational, really. We have become a populace who, uh, in the West at least, expects to get looked after by the government. We expect them to be there to pick up the pieces, to carry the can, um, and to essentially wrap us in cotton wool if anything bad uh, or, or unfortunate happens. And as a result of that, I think we saw these global lockdowns happening where you know the, the the whole thrust of it really was stay you know we stay indoors we'll we'll pay your you know we'll sort out the money side of things so that's what happened in the UK at, at, at anyway and to some extent in the United States um we will look after you sort of thing and many many people <clears throat> jumped on board with that they really liked this idea of um of being looked after by the state and it's kind of funny isn't it because whenever you go onto twitter or something like that and i you know i guess that's a very uh, there's a, there's a lot of bias confirmation on there <clears throat> but um a lot of people are, are very happy to speak out stridently against what they see as the evils of, of socialism and everything else and yet <laughs> we sort of got ourselves into a situation where the entire world um, effectively became so, a socialist state, you know, overnight with, what, with the pandemic and with the lockdowns. Certainly that's sort of what's been happening in the UK where, um, you know, everyone's been off work, everyone's been sort of at home. A lot of people have been furloughed, so they've been being paid even though they're not doing anything. And on top of that, we've had really great weather. We've had sort of record-breaking weather over the last few weeks. And so it's been a pretty nice holiday for everyone, really. Everyone's just been sitting around doing their own thing, getting paid, and it's all good. So it's all good, you know. But of course, the reality is that at some point the um, the bill for that is going to land on the door on the doormat. You know, the envelope is going to land with a thud, and there's going to be a pretty big bill in there, which which somebody's going to have to pick up. Probably, you know, future administrations or or or, or us with higher taxes and future generations probably still going to be paying for it. You know, so. Um, so yeah, but there is this need in us, it seems, to be to be coddled, to be looked after. And really, I think as a self-actualized guy, what you need to recognize is that that is not really possible. It's not really um, workable in the long term. And of course, guys, it's not just governments that, that we look on for this kind of support. It's also um, other people as well. So to some extent, your friends, but perhaps more than that, you know, the person that you are in a relationship with, you know, you kind of hope, expect them to look after you. And there's there's always this tension, isn't there, between guys going to their girlfriend and, and expecting a kind of motherly love from the girlfriend. You know, perhaps they didn't get that when they were younger. Perhaps they didn't have a very close relationship with their mother, or maybe they did. And now they're looking for somebody else to take on that role. Okay. And that is not, what you should be doing because it's not uh, it's not realistic it's not practical and also it's just not the way that things work you know um the person that you're in a relationship with the person that you are dating is not there to be your mother you know your mother is there to be your mother and if uh, sadly she has um she's no longer with us then you know you can't just expect somebody else to take on that role because the role of a, a partner in a romantic sexual relationship is is different it's qualitatively different now that's not to say that you can't support one another it's not to say that there isn't an element you know there isn't caring there and there isn't um you know some nurturing and all that kind of good stuff if it's a good relationship and you're with somebody who is 
um, of you know of, of, of high quality. I mean, you know that for sure that happens. That's an element of, of a relationship or a good relationship. But um, it, it shouldn't be what you go into it expecting. It's just. It's just not the right way to go about it, okay? You know, you go into a relationship and it's a romantic sexual relationship and um, that is just diametrically opposed, right, to being to being coddled by somebody. It's just the two things don't go together, okay? And I think this is the mistake that guys will often make and unfortunately what then happens is that um, their partner, you know, the girl they're with, becomes sort of, turned off by it in a sense because the guy becomes too needy the guy becomes you know a wet blanket and he clings to her and expects her to do the mothering and um that's not what she wants she doesn't want to be put into that role okay um relations as well you know when you think about it when you think about coming into the world who really who really cares about you well your your parents of course do your siblings do and I suppose there's some extended family, things like cousins, maybe aunts and uncles and so on. But as you go further in the web of people in your life, as you go further out from the centre, if you imagine the centre to be the parents and you, then the, the more peripheral people probably take less of an interest in you, let, let's be honest. you know. And I was being a little bit... Um, pessimistic perhaps to say that your relations are tangentially interested in your affairs i mean if you're fortunate then it could be that your your parents in particular are very very interested in you and they do take it they do take that interest and they are very caring for you but apart from them there isn't really anybody beyond that some siblings perhaps you know maybe you have siblings that take a a, a big interest in you and you're really close with them well that's great but beyond that beyond the, the nuclear family in reality, most people don't care very much about you, you know, and um, I, I think this is one of the disillusionments with life that we have as we, we grow up, because when you're a kid, you get looked after and everything's done for you and you are coddled and, you know, if you fall over and scrape your knee, then you are given a cuddle and you're given that sort of, if you're lucky, this is to say, I mean, obviously, some children have a very bad experience growing up. But if, you, if you've if you had a, a, a reasonably good childhood and you have been cared for, then those are the things that, um, you, you know, you're kind of used to. And then when you go out into the big bad world, when you go out and, uh, you know, and um, you're on your own, then suddenly realize that actually you don't have that anymore. And that is really, really hard to cope with. That's really difficult to cope with because... it's it's not what you've been used to you know you're flung out into this ocean and suddenly you feel very isolated and very on your own and as I say I think then there is this sort of floundering where guys and and women as well will sort of flounder around in this sea of unknowing looking for something to cling on to looking for somebody to cling on to and you know there is as I say there's this reaching out to the government to governments to look after us and governments aren't really Governments aren't really there to look after us in a personal sense. I mean, governments are there to keep the state running. Um, you know, I mean, obviously it depends on your your politics and your theory of what a government should be there to do. But um, if you imagine, you know, back in the day, the government wasn't there to, to look after the individual. You know, what we've seen is as we've become more sort of... Um, emasculated i suppose as a as a society governments have come in and become we we get what you call the nanny state so that's certainly what they called it in the uk in the past the nanny state where 
the government is there just to look after you and to tell you not to smoke tobacco and to tell you not to use narcotic substances or not to drink too much or not to eat sugar um, and all of these things and to sort of to sort of interfere in these very personal elements of your life and um, and many many people welcome that this is the thing and again you know when you think about the lockdowns and the response to the lockdowns and I don't want to get into the issue of the the severity of coronavirus itself or not I mean certainly you know, um, we have seen higher death rates in the UK than we would normally see year on year. So, um, you know, it, 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 for sure it has been doing damage. Now, you, you can argue the toss about the severity of that and um, <clears throat> whether lockdown was the appropriate solution. And I mean, look, I'm, I'm a skeptic about that. I, I, absolutely. But, um, but look at the response to lockdown by the general populace. Most people were on board with it. You know, the polls certainly in the UK uh, showed that, that the majority of, a big, vast majority actually of people were on board with lockdown. And, and in fact, there were calls for lockdowns to be made, to lockdown to be made even more stringent in this country, even more strict, you know. And, and that's been the case in other countries as well. So even in countries where they didn't have a lockdown, you would actually get people trying to... Um, trying to push their governments into creating a lockdown, you know, um, which is a really interesting facet of human nature that has um, that's come out uh, as a result of all of this, you know. Now, now yes, you, of course, it's, it's slightly different because those people were acting uh, because they were frightened by the illness. They were, they, there was a threat. Um, and yes, we can argue the toss about about the severity of that threat, but there was a threat, and as a reaction to that, of course, they wanted to avoid getting ill. So that's why they're pushing the government for these lockdowns. But still, you know, it, it shows that actually the majority of people want to be looked after. The majority of people, and even if it means taking away their freedoms, they want to be looked after, um, which is an incredible thing when you think about it. Now. <clears throat> Other people perhaps would say, like Dave Portnoy said, if you if you watch the, uh, the I think I believe he's the CEO. I think he's the, certainly the founder of uh, the sports channel Barstool. He did that very famous um, rant on video on Twitter that went viral, where he was basically saying, "Look, I would rather if this got to a stage where I had to choose between the risk of getting COVID and Barstool, which is my business that I've worked on for all these years." Um, I had to choose between, you know, the potential of that getting going bankrupt. He said, I would rather take my chances and get COVID, you know, um, because my life is in creating that business. And what kind of a life does one have if one gives over one's um, freedoms in order to protect oneself from potentially getting ill? Okay, so there is another school of thought here, which I think fewer people have, to be honest, um, that one should do do one's own risk assessment and then act accordingly off the back of it. So another example is, you know, if you go on a plane, you could get into it, you could be in a plane crash or you could get hijacked by terrorists or the oxygen might fail or there's, there's all these kinds of things that might happen. But the, a majority of people, I think in that instance, take the view that, well, you know, the potential reward of getting on that plane, of get, waking, you know, landing in that foreign country and having that amazing holiday outweighs 
the risk. So I'm just going to take that risk and, you know, come what may. And surely that is the attitude that one should have in general in life. You know, yes, there are inherent risks in life, but if we try to shield ourselves from all risk, then what sort of life is left? And is that really worth living? You know, um, I would argue that risk is essential in any sort of a fulfilled life. You know, you have to take some risks. You have to push the envelope a bit because if you don't, then if effectively you're just going to end up sitting in a room for 70 years. And that is not any way to, to, to exist or to, certainly to thrive. So <clears throat> as I was saying, when people emerge into adulthood or late adolescence, and they, they, they start to realize actually that not everyone is on your side. In fact, there are people out there who actively want you to fail in whatever endeavor it is. Uh, people want to pull you down, they want to slander you, they want to try to ruin your business or your, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do in the dating sphere. You know, it might be that you're trying to self-improve, you're trying to go out and go and talk to different girls and then you've got friends, uh, in, in inverted commas, who will interfere with that process, who will try to prevent you from doing that. Unfortunately, this is the, the world we live in. You know, people are not on your side and actually they can be actively against you. Um, struck with that knowledge, you could become very upset and you could go into a negative tailspin. You would be forgiven for doing that because, as I say, you, as a kid, you thought everyone loved you and you'd be looked after and blah, blah, blah. And when you find out that's not the case, that could be a very depressing thing. And you could think, well okay, this is not how things should be. And, and, and so people then divide into camps, don't they? You get some people who say, well, this isn't how things should be. And so as a result of that, I'm going to campaign or I'm going to use force or I'm going to use some means to try to make things how I think they should be. <clears throat> and a classic example of that is these guys who say, well, look, dating relations, the relationships between the genders, it's not as it should be. And so I am going to call for a return to, you know, the 1950s. We want to we want to turn back the clock because things were better in this former age. And so we're going to put pressure. We're going to create events to publicize this idea. We're going to, you know, try to lobby governments and things like that to change laws to turn the clock back. There's that approach to it. And that approach to me <clears throat> is a... A futile approach. It's not the correct approach. A better approach, in my view, is to say, okay, I accept. I've seen life. I accept how things are, and I'm going to go on and I'm going to thrive anyway. Okay. And surely, as a self actualized man, that is the preferable choice. Surely, that is the logical and indeed preferable choice. Because otherwise, you know, it's not to say that you can't, you've got no hope of ever changing anything. I mean, yes, of course, people do uh, take a, a political stand and they say, I don't like X, Y, and Z, and they will devote their lives to changing those things. And sometimes they will effect change, uh, not usually just one single person on their own, but them plus the people that they bring on board with them, you know, they will effect change. But do you really want to be a campaigner? And let's be honest, while certain figures have uh, managed to, to get social change to happen, while people have 
you know, turned governments around, changed the minds of governments and things like that. The, the likelihood of, your, of you doing it is very, very, very small. And even if you do, even if you do get the changes that you want, are they going to be exactly in line with how you imagined it to be? Is it going to turn out like you imagined? Like if you look at something like, for example, Brexit in the UK, there are people who spent 40 years of their lives campaigning for Britain to leave the European Union. Now, now, as we speak, that's actually happened, but nothing's changed because we're still... Yeah, you know, we still ab- abide by the European Union rules. We still pay the money and everything else. Now that is supposed to to end at the end of uh, this year, twenty twenty. Uh, let's see what happens. You know, but is Brexit going to get watered down? There's a decent chance that it will get watered down in some way. I think the transition period might get pushed on again. We'll find out. Boris Johnson is saying that that it won't, but it might do because coronavirus obviously is. Um, stuck a massive uh, spanner in the works. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But all those people who campaigned for Brexit for 40 years, are they dancing around joyous now because everything's changed so dramatically? No, they're not. It's because everything is pretty much the same. And it is yet to be seen how much change will actually happen in reality as a result of all that campaigning they did. So the, my point is this. You can spend large amounts of time and energy and mental energy and focus and concentration on trying to change whatever it is about life that you're not happy with. Or you can say, I'm not going to do that because in my calculation, that seems like a lot of work and I'm not certain of any success. So instead, what I'm going to do is accept how things are and I'm going to make it work for me. Okay. And that is that's what I've always advocated for because I think that is the thing that makes the most sense. So in terms of say dating, for example, you know you might be unhappy in some way with the way the dating market is. You might not like the way that relations between the genders are, and that's fair enough. You know if that's your view, that's your view. I'm not saying anything against that. But the thing is, how much are you really going to change it? Are you really going to change human nature? Are you really going to change? You know the laws in your country? Are you really going to change the views of society? No, probably not. So what else are you going to do? Better to accept things as they are and look for the opportunities instead. Because here's the thing, right? There are always opportunities. Even in the the most dire of circumstances, there will be opportunities. And the reason at the end of that tweet, I said, um, this should thrill you rather than depress you, is because there is actually huge freedom in accepting the fact that you're kind of on your own, accepting the fact that, you know, in a large part, people aren't really that bothered what happens to you or whether you fare well or you don't, you know. Um, And as I say, you can be negative about that and you can try and change that. Or you can just say, well, actually, this is kind of cool because what it means is I can sort of do what I want to do, you know, within reason, within within the law. And... um, yeah, you know, I would I would counsel you to 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 look into the to lean into and look into the 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 positives of you, of the situation to look at the, you know the more optimistic side of this where you can say yeah I mean I can I've got a limited amount of time on this planet um, in this society but you know I can do what I want with that nobody cares about me and that is is cool because what that means is I'm free to do whatever the hell I like and 
that I think is a fantastic, fantastic thing. So, you know, look, there's a big world out there. There are a lot of opportunities. Um, you have uh, incomparable opportunities as a guy living in this society in 2020. You, you can construct a life for yourself, which would be, which princes 50 years ago would be jealous of. That's the incredible thing. So why not look at those positives and embrace that? And this is in terms of dating, but it's also in terms of your, your career, your business, you know, your social life, um, where you live, all of these different things. You've got such huge opportunities now that it would be a sin to, to waste them and to spend time getting down and despondent and everything else, you know. And at the end of the day, right, as a guy, you should stand on your own feet. You should be able and prepared to, you know, to roll with the punches, take life on its own terms, and and thrive, you know. And that's what happy, well-adjusted people tend to do. You know, you go down the other route, and there's a lot of angst. There's a lot of, um, it's just not, it, it, you know, there's a lot of frustration and anger and resentment down the other route. Rather than getting angry, don't get angry, get even, as the old saying used to be. You know, rather than getting angry, just be like, listen, this is how things are. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. It's fine. I am going to make the best of this, and I'm going to have an amazing life regardless. All right, anyway, I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope you enjoyed that. Please do let me know your thoughts. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop me a comment, drop me a like. And please do hit subscribe because it really helps me to build the audience and to continue putting out this free content. If you want to read more of my stuff on dating, Renegade Dating Blueprint is available. The link is below. And that's it for this week. I'll be back with another podcast very soon. Bye-bye.